0: This is uh, uh, the second of three major stories of persecution in the city of Jerusalem that, uh, that Luke records. The first one was uh, when we saw Peter and John, they healed the, the man that was lame at the temple gate. And as a result, they were uh, arrested and, and told not to preach in the name of Jesus again. And so Peter and John uh, replied to the council at that point, Listen, we have to do what God has called us to do. And this is what he's called us to do. We're not going to go to the left or right from that. We're going to continue to do as the Lord has told us. And again, in this case, this is the second persecution recorded in the city of Jerusalem, and all the apostles are arrested in this text, as we'll see. And the next major persecution that we'll see is uh, as we examine Stephen, who uh, who is preaching boldly the word of God and and uh, was filled with the Holy Spirit and and working powerfully in the in Jerusalem. And they came against him, and and as a result of their persecution against him, they actually stoned him to death. And following Stephen's stoning there, uh, began a great persecution from house to house in the city of Jerusalem. We see the church finally spreading out unto uh, the surrounding nations. So we see that uh, we're in the midst of these three persecutions that are happening in Jerusalem. This is the second of those three. What we'll see in the, the text tonight is, is really something that we saw in our in our study of Luke, and that's uh, about Jesus. In uh, When Jesus was presented at the temple, we've said this a number of times, uh, Simeon said of him, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, so that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. What we'll see throughout this text, in each section of it, is that, The apostles are rising with Jesus. There's a great work going on among them. And what we'll also see is that the leaders of Israel are falling to a great degree into uh, jealousy, confusion, fear, bitterness, hatred, anger, and cruelty. We see a rising in Israel, but we also see a falling. And it's because of the truth that is proclaimed in Christ Jesus Jesus gives us really, the, the most powerful information in all the world. The most powerful information we can receive is found in Jesus, at the cross. There is no information that you can buy or find anywhere else outside of Christ. Uh, there's no information that's more powerful than the, the information that we receive at the cross. In Jesus. And as we've declared many times, even even tonight, that truth is simply that we have rejected God as people and have become sinners. Each of us look back at our life and see the mistakes that we've made and the sins we've committed against, uh, against God or against each other. We recognize that there is a separation from Him and that we need to be restored to God the Father somehow. And many go about in in varying forms trying to do that, whether by uh, religious means or or other means. But the most powerful information in the world is this, that Christ came, that he died for our sins, that we have in Christ free access to God the Father. As we saw in this passage uh, in verse verse, uh, 32, as Peter is him before the council, he says, God exalted him at his right hand, or sorry, starting at 30, the God of our fathers raised Jesus whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. You don't have to pay for this information. I'm giving it to you now. In Christ Jesus, there is freedom. In Christ Jesus, there is forgiveness from your sins. In Christ Jesus, there is restoration unto God. In Christ Jesus, there is, as we saw here, the filling of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God can live inside of you because of Christ. His body broken on the tree, his blood spilled out makes you righteous before him if you will accept it. And that is, the, that is the most powerful information in the world. It really is. And it's free. It is free information. Anyone charging money in order to restore people to a relationship with God is a false prophet, is a liar, is a manipulator. Christ gives freely this gift of the gospel. And we see that That truth, that fact that salvation is found in Christ Jesus alone causes, again, the rising and the falling of many, because it's a hard one to accept that there is one way to heaven. Many people reject that plainly, but that is simply what Christ is saying. There is one way to God, and it is through Christ Jesus, our Savior. That truth causes the rising and falling of many in Israel, of many in our world, and we'll see that throughout our text. In the last time that the disciples were persecuted, they prayed this prayer. They prayed, Lord, look upon the threats of those around us and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And that's the exact fulfillment that we see in this text as we go through it. Verses, uh, five, or chapter 5, verses 12 to 18, we see the apostles performing great miracles, and we see the leaders jealous of that situation. We see the, the rise of the apostles as they have pour out great compassion on those around them, and we see the jealousy, the falling of the leadership. Let's look at it again. It says, Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico, None of the rest dared to join them, but the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to their number, added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, that Peter, uh, that as Peter came by, his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. You see in the apostles that the power of God is rising among them. These amazing signs and wonders are being done among them as, as all those that come with afflictions are healed in their midst. That even the the shadow of Peter passing upon them would bring forth healing from them. From my understanding of uh, uh, reading about Greco-Roman culture and even Jewish culture, uh, you know, you know, they basically felt that the, the shadow was, was an extension of the human body, just like we would consider our hand as, as you know physically connected, obviously. Uh, they consider their shadow just as connected to the individual. So Peter's shadow falling on these individuals was healing people as, they, as he walked by. What a powerful thing. So the, the question comes to us, what's the purpose of miracles? And we see it very clearly in this text. Verse 14 more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. So this is the truth that we see, that, see in that. Miracles point to eternal provision. Okay? So the miracles, you know, most of these people that were healed of their diseases, you know, they, what, you know what happened to them? They died. They passed away. The miracle wasn't meant to give them immortality. The miracle itself wasn't meant to give them immortality. It's their faith in Jesus that gives them eternal life. Miracles point to eternal provision. And that's what we see happening in this time. The, The apostles are performing amazing miracles and restoring people in their bodies. And as they're doing that, every time they're doing that, they're proclaiming. This thing, this provision that God is giving, it is in Jesus' name We don't have it by any other means. It is because Jesus has blessed us with this power that we now bless you with it. The same is true today. We don't see miracles like we talked about in the same way that we saw them here where people are bringing them from the surrounding cities and Peter's shadow is healing them. Oh my gosh, could you imagine if we were walking down the streets of Clearwater and as I'm walking, you know, this person's healed and this person's healed just because my shadow passed by them. That is an amazing thing. God was using it to point to an eternal provision that was found in Christ Jesus. So we don't see it in that way. But again, like I said earlier, life is miraculous. We've seen amazing provision even in our little fellowship. You know, the, the testimony of getting a car from, uh, from those individuals, the, the, the job opportunities that, that God is bringing to individuals in this, in this place, the provision that he has showed my wife and I is amazing. He has been a provider to us. In miraculous ways. And we can either look at that, look, we can look at our circumstances and say, well, you know, that's just circumstantial, things just happened and it was lucky or whatever. Or you can recognize that God is at work in your midst and see that He is providing for you and recognize that His provision is simply a foretaste of what He has for you in eternity. Miracles point to eternal provision. That's what we see in this text. You see, the, the most exciting thing to, uh, in this text is, is not that people are, were being healed from their physical ailments. That is awesome. Like, that is amazing. I, w- I would love to have seen that scene where people are just coming in and, are oh, just getting healed. It's just blow me away. What's amazing is that more than ever, believers were added to the Lord. People who were separated from God by their sin were now restored into fellowship with God, and had the presence of the Holy Spirit living inside them as a result. No longer did they have to go through some hierarchy of means or pay someone off to to try and get access to God. No, they go to him directly through the Holy Spirit. That is the miracle that is at work. Miracles point to the eternal provision that is found in Christ Jesus. We see that the, the leadership thinks that the miracles are the point, though, because they get jealous. They see what's happening and they say, man, we're going we're gonna to squander this because we're going to squelch this because uh, we're jealous of what's happening. Verse 17, it says, the high priest rose up and all who are with him, that is the party of the Sadducees, and filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them in the public prison. Here God is doing amazing work, restoring people physically and declaring the boldness that Jesus is the Christ. And all they can think about is their jealousy for the power that is going through the apostles, healing these individuals. And instead of honoring them and holding them in high regard for what is happening among them, all being healed, they put them in prison because they are jealous. We certainly see here the rising of those in Jesus and the falling of those who are rejecting him. Jealousy has squandered their joy. Next, we see the same thing in the next passage, verses 19 to 26. We see the rise of the apostles, and we see the fall of the leadership. Read it again with me. It says, But during the night an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. <laughs> okay, so remember the scene. Peter and John have been once arrested and then, uh, then released. And again here, the whole apo- all the apostles are now healing and doing miracles. And they are arrested because of their preaching and because of their miracles. And now the Lord comes to them again and says, I know you just got arrested, but go back to the temple and proclaim all the words of this life. You think something isn't rising up in the apostles that they would have the boldness since they've been arrested already twice to go back out and again, preach this thing that had got them arrested two times before? I mean, we look at stories of criminals a lot and you can poke fun at criminals a lot because Sometimes like the guy, there's the guy in, uh, uh, I think it was in Trinity, Florida recently that tried to impersonate that he was a cop to get a discount on donuts. Did you hear about this story? Okay. Yeah. I mean, silly. So he does it the first time, claims to be a cop with his father's sheriff badge, I guess, and then goes back over and over to the same Dunkin' Donuts. Well, obviously the people at Dunkin' Donuts said you're impersonating an officer, and uh, gave that message to the cops. The cops set up a sting, and three days later, the guy's in jail. (laughs) It's like you're going back to the scene of the crime over and over and over again. Like, what are you thinking? So you look at the apostles and say, what are you thinking? You're going back to the scene of the crime. You were just arrested for preaching. You're arrested again for preaching, and now you're going to go back and do it again. Yes, because the eternal, the miracles have pointed to an eternal provision. The eternal provision has provided a great boldness for the disciples. They know that what they are doing is of God, and they will go through any circumstance to proclaim that truth. So we see the angel coming to the disciples, and and they say, uh, he says to them, go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life that salvation is found in Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they entered the temple daybreak and began to teach. So we see the rising of the apostles, obedient even in the midst of great persecution that is among them. 21 continues, and we see the fall of the leadership. Now when the high priest came and those who were with them, they called together the council and all the senate of the people of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came, they did not find them in the prison. So they returned and reported, we found the prison securely locked and the guards were standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside." And when the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them, wondering what would come to this. And someone told them, look, the men that you, uh, that you arrested, they're in the temple, they're preaching. And later it says they went and brought them, but they didn't bring them by force because they were afraid of being stoned by the people. All right, so get that image in your head again. The apostles have been arrested twice went back out to preach again, and now they miraculously get out of jail, and who is confused about the situation? <laughs> the leadership. They're perplexed because these guys got out of jail from guards and locked prison doors, and now they're in the temple preaching the words of this life. And who are the ones that are afraid in this situation? It's not the disciples. They know that they have eternal provision. They know that the Lord is on their side. It is the ones that are arresting them, that are afraid. Now that's mixed up, right? Usually, it's the one that's being arrested that is in fear of the thing that is coming for them, but the one that is afraid here is the one that is doing the arresting. <laughs> there is a rising with Jesus and a falling as you reject him. Finally, we see again in the next uh, the next section, verses twenty-seven to thirty-two a rising among the apostles as they they submit to christ and a falling of the leadership verses 27 to 32 say this and when they had brought them they set him before the council and the high priest questioned them saying we strictly charge you not to teach in this name you have filled jerusalem with your teaching and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us so you hear that these individuals who uh who are claiming to be these leaders, they, they're focusing on the issue that is not at hand. The, the facts are laid out. They are the ones that helped kill kill Jesus. The, the blood is, is on their hands, and they are bitter that the disciples are, they think the disciples are trying to rub that in their faces. That's not, what, that's not the testimony that we see at all. In fact, what we see is that the disciples are out healing people of their diseases, releasing them from captivity to demons and proclaiming new life in Christ, they're not hung up on on trying to judge those who killed Jesus. They're beyond that. See the the leaders are falling because they're bitter about what is happening among them. See the falling of the leadership. But what do you see in in Peter as a, as he a responds? See him rising. Peter answered. With all the apostles, we must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. So here Peter is arrested for a a third time now. And he's standing before a council that has the, the ability to judge whether he's guilty or let him go free or not. And what does he say? He says simply what happened and again preaches boldly the truth of Christ. He says, listen, this is the story. Christ was killed. He died on a tree. He rose up the third day. He defeated the grave. He is risen and his power is at work among us. He says the Holy Spirit testifies to these things. The Holy Spirit who God has given to those who believe in him and obey him. He's proclaiming repentance and forgiveness boldly in front of this leadership. This leadership that has the ability to judge him mightily. You see boldness. You see Peter has looked at the circumstances. He's seen that God is my provider. He has seen the miracles that the Lord is doing in his midst. He has seen God's provision for those that are weak and weary. He has seen God's provision for those who are demon-possessed, those who are diseased. He has seen it. And he's proclaimed the truth of this life to them in Christ Jesus. So he has nothing to fear as he's boldly proclaiming this truth. You see the rising in Peter. He's a man of great courage now. And conviction because he knows what God has told him to do, and he's doing it faithfully, preaching boldly that Jesus is the Christ. See the rising and falling of many in Israel. Finally, we see uh, in the final passage, verses 33 to 42, rejoicing and suffering, and continued anger and hatred from the leadership. So Peter says this to them, you know, he he tells them that, listen, uh, the God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead whom you killed and has now given the Holy Spirit to anyone who obeys Christ Jesus, who repents and finds forgiveness in him. And how did the the, the leaders respond? It says in verse 33, when they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. These leaders desired to murder the apostles because of what they're saying. You can see the fall of these leaders happening before your eyes. They are uh, they're jealous, they're confused, they're afraid, they're bitter, and now they're angry and, and in hate toward this group of people because of the truth that they're proclaiming. They've been... Um, been taken over by their hatred of the disciples. But miraculously, the Lord saves them even from this situation. Verse 33 again says that they're, they're ready to kill them, but one among them steps in and brings some wisdom. Gamaliel stands up and says, put them in outside, let me say a few words here before you decide to kill them, okay? He says... You remember Thudius, You remember Judas? They had similar followings. Yeah. They rose up. They had many people following them. And when they died, their people dispersed and the, the movement was gone. He says, in this case, I tell you, leave them alone. Their leader has died. And if it's of God, then it, and it, you can't stop it. And if it's a man, it will fail. He provides some really amazing wisdom, another miracle that's happening in their midst. They, they're about to be really executed for their faith. And we know that they're not joking about that because later they do execute Stephen for, their, for his faith. So we know they're not like just bluffing here before them. They, they're intentional about their words. And so Gamaliel steps in with some wisdom and says, says, listen, if this is from God, it, you, cannot, you cannot stop it. You will be found opposing God. So uh, the leaders take his advice and and they call on the apostles and uh, they don't kill him but they beat him and they charge him not to speak in the name of Jesus anymore and they let him go. You see the great anger and hatred of this movement has risen up among uh, among the leadership. But what we see from the disciples is is not a desire for revenge. Not, uh, not bitterness toward those who are persecuting them, not uh, a desire to get justice for themselves. Rather, we see worship. We see worship as a result of this suffering that happens. We've seen that eternal provision gives them boldness in their speech. You know, Peter, again, before, you know, before this council that has arrested him for the third time, now boldly proclaiming the words of Jesus to them, we see that the eternal provision of God has given Peter boldness in his preaching. But here we see the eternal provision has resulted in worship. That in the midst of difficult circumstance, in the midst of almost being killed for your faith, in the midst of being flogged and beaten and told again to never speak in this name again, they go and worship and continue doing what God has called them to do. It says in verse 41, verse 41, after they were beaten and told not to speak in the name of Jesus again, it says, then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease from teaching and preaching that Jesus is the Christ. See, in this passage, we see miracle after miracle after miracle of the Lord providing for the disciples and for those among them. We see people healed from their diseases. We see people rescued from demons. We see Peter and the apostles uh, freed from jail by an angel. And then we see them freed from jail by an opposer. By, by one of the leaders. Miracle after miracle. Those miracles point to God's eternal provision for us in Christ Jesus. And when we wrap our minds around the fact that we have eternal provision in Christ Jesus, that because of Christ, we are whole and clean and righteous before God, there is no circumstance ahead of us that we cannot face without exalting God for what he is doing and inside of it. These disciples were beaten, flogged, just like Jesus was flogged. They were flogged and let go and told not to speak in this name again. And they leave worshiping God, thanking him that they can suffer for the name of Christ Jesus. I mean, I can't even fathom that. I can't fathom that, but... It's happening even in our world today. We have brothers and sisters around the world that are persecuted for their belief that Christ Jesus is the only way to heaven, who are put in jail, who are beaten, who are killed because of their faith. And what do they ask? They don't ask to be released from that suffering. They ask that we pray for their boldness. Just like Peter and the, and the disciples prayed in, in Acts verse 30. Lord, look on the threats and grant your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Their desire in the midst of this is to exalt Christ in their circumstance. So miracles point to the eternal provision in Christ Jesus. And our eternal provision in Jesus gives us boldness for our faith. Whether we're interacting with a neighbor or a coworker or a friend or a family member, we should take comfort in the fact that we are secure in Christ Jesus. And this truth that Christ can restore all men unto the Father is the most important truth that we we can declare in truth and love to those around us. We should be bold in our desire to proclaim that. And on top of that, our eternal provision in Jesus helps us face any circumstance that we are in the midst of and say, the Lord has my back. I am on the side of the Lord. The Lord has provided for me in Christ Jesus. I can face anything that is before me because of him and through his power. I pray that we would be people that rise with Jesus. That word from Luke says that because of Jesus, many will fall and rise because he is a sign to be opposed and that in him the thoughts of many will be revealed. Our proclamation that Christ is the only way to heaven is a difficult one for some to hear, but it is the truth and it's the most important truth in all of the world the most powerful truth that we can have. And the best thing is, it is free. It is given to us freely by the blood of Christ Jesus. Let's thank him for it. Lord, we do, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you love us so much, God, that you care for every circumstance that we are in, that you desire that we are made whole, and that you have provided for our wholeness in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you for the miracles you are doing among us. God, we pray for more. We pray that signs and wonders would occur among us, that miracles would grow among us. We pray that, God. We desire that. But we don't desire that simply for the miracles themselves, simply for the comfort that the miracles bring. Lord, we desire that because miracles point to your eternal provision in Christ Jesus. Thank you for that, God. Lord, give us boldness. Give us worship as we consider what you've done for us in Christ Jesus, Lord. Lord, I pray that throughout our week, as we go day by day, that we would look for opportunities to exalt you in our time. Lord, whether it's through uh, spending more time in prayer with you, or reading your word more, or sharing the, the, the testimony that you've given us with those around us, or declaring your truths to our families. Lord, help us to have boldness and confidence in what you've called us to do. Lord, give us wisdom and truth and love we might share the eternal provision that Christ Jesus has given us with those around us. Lord, you're so good. We pray this word over Clearwater. We pray that you would set the captives free here. God, that many would come to know that Christ Jesus is Lord and he alone is Savior. Thank you, in Christ's name, amen.